Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Molly Ruland. She is the CEO and founder of HeartCast Media. It is a digital content agency focused on personal branding for founders, brands, and attorneys. She specializes in producing high-quality branded podcasts for businesses that want to generate revenue and create strategic relationships through podcasting. Welcome to the show, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. And it's a little bit, it's funny, right? Because you're on a podcast. We're going <laughs> to talk about podcasts and it's all being listened to by podcast listeners. So it's very <laughs> podcast centric. We have yes. all kinds of guests here on the show, entrepreneurs from all walks of life, all kinds of different ways to earn an income here on our planet from far and wide. So tell us a little bit. First of all, I'm fascinated by where you're based because I think that is the ultimate sort of lifestyle, nomadic. A lot of people aspire to be able to live as an expat in different countries. So tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about how you would describe what you do for a living. Right on. Well, yeah. So I'm the CEO and founder of a digital content agency called Hardcast Media. We've been around for about four years, but I've owned a multimedia agency for the last 23 years. So I've got a lot of experience in content creation, marketing, experiential marketing, all of that. And I, I closed the business in 2018 and opened up Hardcast Media to serve businesses and brands and to use content creation as a business development tool and not just a popularity content. So that's kind of the basis of Hardcast Media's content that drives revenue and creates strategic relationships. I had a brick and mortar studio in Washington, D.C. It was a beautiful space and the pandemic hit. I mean, it had its challenges. We were right on the path of the presidential motorcade. And I mean, there was like jackhammering. Uh, you know, the downside to having a podcast studio inside of a city is it's very noisy. But we we had a beautiful space and then the pandemic hit and I closed the lease against Against the advice of my landlord, uh, she was pretty pissed off that I was closing the lease in April, right? This is March 2020 is when it's happened in April. I said, the writing is on the wall. This isn't going to go away in a couple of weeks. I don't need to pay commercial real estate. And so I ended my lease and moved to the beach in North Carolina and put my toes in the sand after not having done that for about 20 years, living in DC proper. You know, people say they live in a city, but they live like 30 miles out. Like I lived in the city. And so I reconnected with nature and kind of grounded myself and decided that, you know, the business wasn't going to go anywhere. Like the nature of our business, people still need to do networking and business development. And that was the core of what we offer. And so I went fully remote and I just decided to do it better than everybody. We figured out the Zoom settings first. We got Riverside first. Like we were on the cutting edge of all the technology with recording remote podcasts. And we grew the business 200% in 2020. And at the end of the year, I thought, well, there's no point in send, spending all this money and paying all this rent to live in a city or near a city. Why not just go to Costa Rica now? Because it was a game plan, like a 10-year retirement plan. But the pandemic fed things up. And I thought, well, if I don't do this now with my business, like if I, if I don't show 
my clients that I can be based in another country and still serve them. If I don't do it now, then I'm not going to be able to do it. So I, I gave everything away and I packed up and I moved here January 28th of 2021. I love it. So you get to live in Costa Rica, but the majority of your clients, maybe all of them are not in Costa Rica. So the world has truly become very flat and you can work really from anywhere in many different careers that previously you wouldn't. I mean, if you think about it, even if you go back a decade or two, for sure too, if you wanted to produce an audio podcast, you would probably be looking at like a recording room and equipment that you could not put in a suitcase. You know, it's a different world. And I think where we are now, everything is just faster, better, more mobile. And there's a lot of people that I work in real estate. So I... We manage a lot of furnished rentals. And during COVID, when a lot of companies let their workers go remote and they said, hey, you know what? You can work from anywhere because right now we're not forcing anyone. You know, We don't even want you in the office, actually. We saw a huge uptick. We serve the San Diego market with furnished rentals. A huge uptick of people from the Bay Area who wanted to spend a few months in San Diego. And they just had right. their job. They sublet. They did a sublet lease for their apartment up in San Francisco and they just came and lived in San Diego, you know, and worked from home in a different setting. And it was completely easy. You know, their employer probably didn't even notice or or care and would have been fine with it if they even mentioned it. But I, for some of them, they did it sequentially. So they did San Diego for three months and then, oh, I've always wanted to live in Bend, Oregon. So they went there for two months and then Colorado mountains. And how fun is the world right now? I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's really the world has changed. You know, it's, it's really brought people together. I mean, before the pandemic, all my clients were DC. They were DC government, the mayor's office, DC based businesses, nonprofits, et cetera, lawyers, right? And then after the pandemic, now my client base is literally global. We have clients in Belgium, we have clients, we have clients all over the world. So sometimes we'll wake up in the middle of the night and record a session for them at like 3 a.m. just to accommodate. And I think it's super cool that, especially from a business development standpoint, from a podcast, if you were limited to the only the people that could come physically sit across the table from you, that's really limiting. And if you think about doing a monthly podcast and you're like, all right, who's, who are 12 people I want to do business with this year? You can interview them and create that relationship and create that like conversation with them and not worry so much about how many listeners it gets, but be more focused on the person on the other side of the virtual table, if you will. And so when you when you look at podcasting in that sense, so then you realize that no one in the world is unavailable to you because it's virtual. And that to me is awesome because I'm old and I'm old school, right? I've been in audio for a long time. And yeah, the capabilities that we can do with our phones, we used to be like a 16 channel audio board. You know, like we have come so far. And so why not embrace that technology? And most importantly, reclaim our time, right? Like all of our clients used to come in, sit in traffic, take the metro, find a parking space, walk up to come do a a half an hour podcast with us actually took two hours out of their day, which meant they're going to do two hours extra work later that night. And so being able to just sit in front of your computer and turn on the camera or the microphone and have a really great podcast interview and not leave your living room. I think that's I think that's awesome. So there are a lot of people listening right now who love podcasts. I mean, that's why they're listening to this podcast. It's a medium that they enjoy listening to. Maybe it's keeping them company on a run or on a long commute. And so not everybody listening has their own podcast, but they might be an entrepreneur. So speak to those people. Why should they consider adding a podcast as one of their businesses, public facing outreach and and one of the services they offer to the public? 
For sure. So I think a lot of times with a branded podcast, right, that's what it's uh, essentially called content marketing. There's three different methods. You could, you might want to be seen as a thought leader. And so you would interview other thought leaders, or maybe you want to talk about your services and your brand. You can have a podcast about the company. The third option is having a podcast that's all about the relationship building and strategic development, as I mentioned. And so that is the three main ways people can use a podcast. So if you're a smaller business, it's a heavier lift, right? It's a little bit more time. You have to be strategic. You have to plan it out. And if you're producing a podcast for your business, you want to make sure that it's produced well, like your graphics are good because bad content can make a bad impression for your business. So you want to make sure that it's being done the right way, you know, in a thorough way. But more importantly, what a lot of people don't understand about a podcast is it's a marketing machine because you're getting an audio file. If you're doing video, you're getting a video file for YouTube, second largest search engine in the world. You can create social media graphics and social media posts out of it. You can create a blog post out of it. That's nothing but SEO. Like you can create so much extra content. You can throw your transcription into AI writing tools and write your description, show notes, key takeaways, your social media posts. And so what it is, is like you're spending 30 minutes of your time, but you've just created 15 pieces of marketing assets for your business and your brand. So I think a lot of times when people think about a podcast for your business, they're like, oh, Colgate has a podcast. Well, well that, that's a big company. Think about it more as strategic relationship building. Who do you want to do business with this year? Or are you a coach? Is there somebody who has a whole support group for coaches, right? Like think about the gatekeepers to the people that you want to do business with. Because if you interview somebody well, right? Like, and, and you've been on interviews and, and so have I, right? When, when people sit and say, so tell us your story versus an interview when you get on and they say, so Molly Rulin did this, that, this, that, right? And you're like, wow. Thanks. You really came prepared. And if you show me that you're knowledgeable and passionate about what you do, I'm going to hire you. We don't even need to talk about your products, your services, or your brand at all, because I'm going to know that you know what you're talking about. And that's going to be enough for me. And the next time something comes down the pike, I'm going to throw it to you. And that's where the beauty of podcasting for your business comes into play. And it actually has very little to do with how many downloads you get. Are there any downsides to having a podcast? So I'm. what are the challenges, like the walls, the things you have to either get over to do or what are the challenges that's keeping people who would want a podcast from actually getting one out in the world? Well, I think the biggest thing is like the learning curve. And it's it's a lot of moving parts. Like at our team, we have nine people on the team and it's an assembly. I have a full-time video editor, full-time audio, full-time SEO. So it literally like moves down the pike. So nine different people are touching your files when you produce with us. So for a lot of people, that's just overwhelming. That's a lot of work. And so what happens is they do the podcast, but it's not edited and they're not doing the show notes and they're not putting it on YouTube for it to be found, video or not. And so they're missing a lot of opportunity and it's a really heavy lift. I mean, think about writing a weekly blog is a pain. Writing a weekly newsletter is a pain, right? It's just like this permanent thing on your to-do list. So it can be a heavy lift. However, you can also record in seasons. You can do 12 episodes and drop them like a Netflix thing. You have a lot of options. Now, I would say for a lot of companies, starting a podcast is not a good idea because it is a longer, heavier lift. However, going on other people's podcasts is the cheat code. If, if you see value in that medium, then that is a great way. It's a lot more cost-effective. You have less control over the content, what it looks like, but it's a lot more cost-effective than producing it yourself. So if you really want to get in on that, you could go on an aggressive podcast guesting campaign for six months 
And I guarantee you that would move the needle on your business as long as you're constantly talking about your business and reminding people of what it is you do and not just going on podcasts to talk about your childhood. And don't get me wrong, that has value too, but you're not going to hire me because I'm talking about my childhood. I don't think anyway. <laughs> well, talking about people's childhoods is actually interesting too. And there's all kinds of podcasts. I mean, there's podcasts that focus on business, some focus on you know, even just telling like a fictional story and just, you know, entertain. So, you know, podcasts can teach, they can entertain. There's so many different ways you can utilize it. I think it's interesting that you had a, like a focus on attorneys. Because I think a lot of people would think, wow, an attorney podcast was probably super boring unless it's (laughs) maybe criminal law where you have those stories. But so much of what attorneys would the interesting stuff they have to say is probably attorney-client privilege and they can't share it because it's like the private conversations with clients and things that they just can't make public. But so when and how did you focus on attorneys? Like how big of a percentage of your clients are attorneys? And I don't know if you know this, um, my listeners do. I am also an attorney. And uh, so I'm curious to see how podcasting has benefited your attorney clients and really how that came about as a niche that needed that kind of a public voice. Absolutely. Well, we do multiple podcasts for uh, one of the largest and oldest law firms in Washington, D.C. And they have one about taxes. They have one uh, about compliance that's in Spanish. And they have another one about sanctions. And and it is relatively boring, right? Like when I'm listening, I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but I understand some of this, right? And so I've learned a good bit. But what it did is it solidified like the sanctions guys. It's called embargoed, right? It solidified them as experts in the industry. And so they're getting speaking engagements. They're picking up new clients. They're being brought in on deals because people are able to listen to that and go, wow, these guys really know what they're talking about. And especially in a pandemic when people weren't able to travel to go to those networking things and conventions, this was an excellent way for them to stay relevant. So they've told me whatever that they've spent on the podcast, they've made 10 times over in contracts with the lawyers. So for them... When you make that much money, it's a little easier to... The ROI is super evident, right? If you're selling a product that's a few dollars or only has a few dollar profit margin on it, then a podcast isn't going to... Your ROI is going to be a little harder to reach. But when your hourly rate is 360 bucks or whatever, one deal, right? Pays for a year's worth of podcasting. And so podcasting is on the... From the listener side, I think is becoming more and more popular as something to listen to. Sort of like... Well, for example... Cars, like newer cars now have built in like podcasts where you can listen to podcasts, but it's just built into your car. So as more and more of that happens, I think it'll just become more of a standard part of somebody's day. I'm curious to see when gyms are going to start having podcasts just in the equipment. Like if you get on a treadmill, maybe they will have a feed and, and it'll be like, would you like to listen to a podcast? Bluetooth in your whatever is your headphones you're using, let us Bluetooth connect and hear some podcasts. That I haven't seen yet, but I know that the cars and my car doesn't have this, but some of them do. I'm sure the newer cars all have just look like the Jetsons episode compared to what we had in cars a couple of <laughs> decades ago. So do you see podcasts as like growing? Do you think the market share, like the, the number of listeners in total is going to grow exponentially in the coming years? 
I think so because well the, well the data is there like the Edison report and the share of year the data is there it's growing exponentially every single year podcast ad revenue is growing significantly people are saying that they actually do buy stuff when they hear ads on podcasts for it so I don't see it go anywhere which is why Spotify spent eight hundred and fifty billion dollars on buying podcast companies in the last four years which they have admitted that they probably shouldn't have done but they didn't buy it because of podcasts they bought it because of the advertising right and so I think. I think the, in, the way we're headed is that people are kind of sick of tweets, like with cancel culture and everybody being so divided. It, it's really important to hear somebody's voice and feel connected to somebody and have longer conversations, even if you're just listening to them. And so from a lifestyle like podcasts, there's a real connective tissue there. And I think that especially in this day and age when, when, when everybody's a little lonely, right? The pandemic really shook things up. And so having that voice in your house or that friendly voice that you like, that familiar voice, I think that has a lot of value. And from a content marketing standpoint, heading into a recession where people are pulling back on ad spend, content marketing is going to be the buzzword of 2023 and probably 24 is how can you get your attention arbitrage through content creation versus paid advertising. So I don't see podcasting going anywhere. I hope to see it improve a little bit. I hope to see more podcasters take it seriously, like buying microphones and editing their content so it sounds good and doing things like that. But I think if you do want to have a podcast, the numbers are crazy. I think you need like 120 downloads to be in the top 20% of per episode to be in the top 20% of podcasters. So even though there's 9 million podcasters, podcasters only like, I think 18% of them are active. So it's a very small audience. And I think that for every person that shows up and gets an account on Anchor and does one episode and never comes back again, I think that's just a normal churn and burn. I think every quarter more businesses are recognizing the value in branded content, especially through podcasting. And I think that's going to be the new normal way that people communicate with the brands they love. You have a couple of stories just from your own clients, like what they... Maybe a success story or just something that happened that was maybe unexpected. But what are some stories that you like to tell about some of your clients and their experience with diving into the world of podcasts? Oh, wow. I mean, I've had clients tell me like full on it saved their business and the floods gates opened back up with lead generation. We worked with a man named Spencer Haywood, who's a retired NBA player who actually sued the NBA and won and allowed uh, athletes to go straight into pro, which if you're not a sports person, doesn't really matter. But what that means is it created generational wealth for a whole lot of black and white athletes. And it was because of him, because prior to that, they were not doing that. We had like 37,000 downloads on his pilot episode out of nowhere. So there's definitely nice little wins like that. But even our clients that are getting... I have a client that after a year and a half, I was like, hey, we just hit the 1,000 download mark, right? Which, which is not a huge number. But they got a $5 million contract out of that because of the type of business they do. They do geospatial satellite mapping, right? And so if you're going to hire, if you're going to give somebody a $10 million contract, aren't you going to give it to the people who are so passionate about it that after work, they're also talking about it on their podcast, right? So sometimes it's a, a small movement makes a, a big change. So it's it's a little different for all of our clients. The, the most important thing is this, determining what it is that you want to happen. What is the goal? Right? What does success actually look like? Because a lot of times people, I mean, we look at a lot of stuff and I'll look at content. And I'm like, man, there's no show notes, there's no SEO value here, and there's no CTA. Like there's no CT, you know, no call to action anywhere on here. Like I just listened to your whole podcast. Like, 
what do you want me to do? And so I think really kind of tightening that up and understanding what a powerful marketing tool it can be will really generate a lot of results, especially for small businesses. And so for people listening who are like, this sounds awesome, but I do not have the knowledge, time, or know how to do this myself. Like, How does someone reach out to you and your company to inquire and to see if it's a fit to have you help them with the effort of putting together their podcast? For sure. Well, our website's the best place to go. I'm very proud of it. It's heartcastmedia.com. We have contact forms everywhere on there. We do podcast production, podcast booking. We record audiobooks. We build websites. And then we also do short form video as well. So SEO and search volume optimized short form video for social media platforms. So it's kind of all the same bag. But uh, what we like to do is work with clients on three-month sprints. So let's get you on a bunch of podcasts for three months. So then when that's done, why don't we do short form video for three months? And when that's done whatever. A lot of times people need a website first, admittedly. But if you're not ready to step up to like a heartcast media, right, which is totally okay, you can also hire like podcast managers who will do that for you relatively inexpensively if you're really serious about it. So you have some options. I think if you're producing podcasts for your business, it should be professionally produced. You know, my mom always said, you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression. You can certainly lock in a bad first impression the second time, but you don't get a second chance to fix it. So I personally think aesthetic and quality really matters if you're representing your business. Well said. Molly, it has been great to chat with you. I hope that this episode has inspired some non-podcast hosting folks to consider adding a podcast to their business. It's something that I can say from experience is really fun. And you get to meet great people And you really do get to reach people that might not otherwise have heard of you or your brand or your mission. And so it's a nice way to amplify your own voice as well as the voice of your guests and people that you feature on the podcast. So thank you, Molly, for allowing me to have you on this podcast. Again, it's fun to be on a podcast talking about podcasts because normally we talk (laughs) about all other kinds of businesses. You are actually, I think, the first guest whose business is podcasts. So again, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Flavia. It's really nice to be seen and heard and to get the opportunity. So thank you. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.